Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Laissez les bon temps rouler. Yes, that's right. For all of y'all who are marching, and I have seen all the parades from all over the place. Good grief, I'm surprised they're not marching in Chicago. Everybody is so happy about having the opportunity to get out and celebrate. I I woke up this morning and um, watched the news from nearby me, not exactly my neighborhood, but over in Rankin County. They looked like they were having a blast. So good morning, y'all. I hope y'all got up in time to listen to the show (laughs) or to watch if you're on supertalk.tv. Wherever you are, though, there, there are parades along the coast today. There have been parades of course obviously new orleans i mean i even know somebody who is in rio this year (laughs) so that's more carnival than i can probably carnival but at the same time it's good to know that people are getting out and about and enjoying each other's company and enjoying a few things that we frankly kind of missed during the pandemic for example i don't even think that i even noted it was there was so much else going on when Pitchers and catchers reported for pro baseball. We've just started college baseball. That makes me very happy. Those are all things to celebrate. And frankly, no, it's not spring yet. But if you have looked at the weather forecast across our area, that is to say the southeastern United States, it's going to be a lot warmer. I will have to take off this sweatshirt probably before Mardi Gras Day. And yes, that's right. I'm wearing my Mardi Gras sweatshirt today. have to one more time this year. What's that all about? Okay, Mama's going to do just a little philosophizing here, and I, I will try to keep it to a minimum. Many, many moons ago on this program, I was challenged when I said that the growing zones had shifted a little bit north, things are warming, things are different, average temperatures are indicating that we are in a warmer world. There's, yes... Climate change is different from what we might expect. It means it it didn't happen. It it did not proceed as we expected. It changed, okay? I also talked about the fact that global warming is a real thing. Greenhouse gases and and so forth and so on. This was so long ago, I don't even need to go back over this with you because y'all who understand it get it. Y'all who understand that I am nuts still get it. Okay, y'all are having to wake up today and say, it's going to be 30 degrees warmer by Tuesday. Wherever it is you're living, it's going to be 30 degrees warmer by Tuesday. And then we're still not out of February. So what does that mean? Well, I'm going to go with uh, the person who this morning I heard say, well, I just better get my toenails done. I'm going to be wearing my flip-flops. And I believe she's right, at least for a while. Now, that's not to say we're not going to have Blackberry winter, that it's not going to freeze at Easter. I know all that stuff. But guess what? Things are different, and we have to cope with them as gardeners. Here's what I'm doing. I hope you'll tell me what you're doing. Good morning, 
It's time to plant beets again. That's right, 888 That is the Super Talk call line, 601-879-4395. Good afternoon. It's time to send me questions on the text line. See, no matter when you're listening, no matter, it could even be midnight. You've downloaded the program and decided that you needed my voice to put you to sleep. Yes, I understand. People have told me that they do that. It's okay. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Now. Where are we in our gardens? Good grief. I'm, I have worn out my thumbnails going around and testing things to see if they're still alive. Some are, some aren't. I have begun the process of pruning off the parts that aren't. And then there's going to be some decisions to make. For example, I have a beautiful container. I have a shrub in it, which is admittedly marginal for Zone 8 where I live, but I have kept it for a number of years. It is frozen, slap, solid, except for two little bites of green that are coming up from the very base of the plant. Obviously, I want to keep it because I like it. It's a plant called Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. I like it. But do I want it to occupy this beautiful container in the middle of my courtyard while it's trying to grow maybe three inches this whole year? I don't know. There may be some changes. Those ligustrums may yet turn into fence posts. I don't know yet, and you don't know yet either. I am happy to say that both in the Garden Mama Facebook group and also to my email at mamaonair at yahoo.com, you're beginning to send me pictures and tell me I was right. I always like that, but it's particularly good now. Serious December freeze. Things look terrible, threw off every leaf. People wanted to get there and mow it all down. Well, and you know, I said, don't mow it all down. Slow down a little bit. Let's see what comes up from the bottom. Let's see if anything leaves out on top. See where we're headed. Wait until we can do the scratch test and determine for sure whether or not we have some growth or not. Sure enough, there are what I'm going to call naked azaleas out there. Now, you know, we have, we have native azaleas, which bloom before they put their leaves on. They're fine. They could care less. But all the others, the indicas, the formosas, the, the maranthas, all of those other things that we really enjoy so much because of their big spring bloom. Now, of course, the encores will bloom several times during the year, but the ones that bloom big in the spring, we really do count on. And nobody wants to just go down and mow them all down. Well, sure enough, we're seeing pictures of leaves popping out and buds opening, and they're on naked stems other than that. So what are we going to do about that? We're going to let them go ahead and bloom as much as they possibly can. And then at, at the time that we realize that the flowers are gone, we will prune those shrubs. We would like to prune them down to where we have one green leaf on each stem, but that may not be possible. We may be looking for growth to come up from the base. The good news is things are recovering, and the things that are dead are still going to be dead next week if you don't get to it this week, so that's okay, too. Oh, daffodils. My goodness. How much fun are we having with daffodils right now? Every day you look out, there's another one in bloom. There's a, another flower, another bunch of flowers. I, Icecapage just um, went into full tilt bloom in my front garden, and it's really, really a lovely daffodil. I like it. Um, I also have Fortune in bloom right now, and I've got buds on um, the Devon, but it hasn't, it hasn't popped any flowers yet. So that's my report. What's yours? Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That of course is uh, is there. Let's see. Somebody's on the text line this morning. This would be Brian. Hey Brian. Uh, <laughs> 
Brian, you sound like several people that I know. My optimism about the changing weather does not extend to Brian. Brian says, too cold. Bring me the pollen in the warmer weather. Well, it'll be a minute, but yeah, it'll all be back. Don't worry about that. Good to hear from you today. Thank you. If you are a subscriber to the Garden Mama Weekly, and I hope that you are. I appreciate you. Um, you can always pop in on there by going to patreon.com slash gardenmama, pledging $5 a month, and you'll get uh, the issues every week in your mailbox. If you go for the lower tier, and I understand a lot of people do, I appreciate that, you'll just be a week after You'll get the newsletter a week later, but you still get videos and you still get all the other stuff. Okay, it's just a little bit different depending on the tier that you're on. I I love this. It it means that anybody who wants to support my work, anyone's work that I want to support, and there are several people out there that I support, I really do think Patreon's a great way to go. So thank them for for being there for all of us. The top story in the news that I teased a little bit yesterday in uh, this week's Garden Mama newsletter is uh, why should we grow purple potatoes? I mean, other than that they're cute. Okay. What about purple carrots? What's so different about them? Have you ever even eaten them? Well, you should. And there's several reasons why. First of all, in when it comes to things like purple potatoes and, and, and purple beans and um, um, for sure purple carrots and all these things, they're, they contain stuff that the others don't just simply by by nature of their color by virtue of their color the folks at university of Tur- turku which you probably remember is in finland are letting us know that these pigments that are anthocyanins we've talked about that before here really do change things they affect the energy metabolism that you have they change levels they they have different reactions in your inflammatory parts and of course because everything does they have an impact on your guts your microbiota your biome in your tummy all of the however you want to refer refer to that part of your body a new review article okay that means they compared all sorts of articles it's the the review of the review kind of thing what they showed was that this is tremendously beneficial for people that because for for everybody, but particularly if you have a tendency or a family history or tend to be leaning towards um, type two diabetes, the the uh, beneficial of these anthocyanins is increased if it is actually purple. Isn't that wonderful? What a thing that they had to find out about. Now we can go on and talk about red cabbages and purple carrots and and purple radishes. Purple sweet potatoes, purple potatoes, they're some of the prettiest vegetables that you can grow. That in itself will make you happy. But when you happen upon, or if you grow yourself, a bunch of carrots that are various colors, you will be amazed when you steam them, bake them, roast them, I don't care what you do to them, they're going to taste a little bit different. And you may actually find that you prefer one to the other. Hmm, interesting stuff. I love that it's really and truly very, very positive information. Another good reason to eat purple. Something I don't think I've ever said before. Hmm, interesting. Lyle from Brandon, let's see. When can we work on our blueberry bushes? Well, what do you want to do, Lyle? (laughs) If you got some dead material, you scraped it with your thumbnail, top couple of inches are crisp and, and, and dead, you can trim those off. 
The rest of it, though, we really just want to wait and see how they're going to do, see where the leaves appear and how fast the blueberries can make. Mine are not in bloom yet. I understand that some further south from where I am um, in, in 8B and stuff, they're already blooming, and people have been concerned about whether they were blooming too early. We, we don't know. That's up to the blueberry. But we hope it doesn't freeze the pot potential for fruit. I would just say you can certainly work on them today, replacing mulch and trimming off the parts that you know are dead. But other than that, we'd kind of kind of better leave them alone. Okay. That's if you're not out parading or something. <laughs> A lot of people doing that. Well, good morning, Caledonia. Hi there. Thank you so much, Paula. I'm tickled to hear from you. It is time right now. Plant those potatoes. Everybody needs to plant those potatoes. And I'm so happy to see that so many more people are interested in planting potatoes, and there are many more places to get them. The, the, if, you, if you happen to be in that world where you order potatoes, you probably have already tried Karib, which is the purple potato that I'm fond of. Um, I, I don't know where to get it within without having to order it, but if anybody does, let me know, and I'll pass the word along, okay? Lettuce, I'm going to plant um, myself some very shortly here. I'm further south, obviously, from you in Caledonia, but I'm going to plant some, I, everything with a cloche, because I do think it's going to get cold again. So we're going we're gonna to plant. I'm going to keep the bottom of my salad table wrapped for warmth, and I'm also going to keep my cloches handy so that if I need them, if there's a, a cold dip, which there will be, I'll be able to keep from losing those things. Other than the cardboard palm, i got to tell you, my cardboard palm looks really bad. I think a can of spray paint is going to be its best friend here in a minute. And I'm thinking maybe purple. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. T a 10-gallon bucket of potatoes, yes, as long as you have good drainage. And uh, a, good, a loose soil that's got plenty of leaf mold in it, you can certainly do it in a 10-gallon bucket. That's great. Put a little bit of soil and leaf mold and stuff in the bottom. Again, make sure that there's drainage at the bottom and possibly even around the sides. So in case it gets real, real wet, it never gets too wet inside of there in case it rains a whole lot. Um, and that, to, for me, that's a really good way to go. Put the potatoes in, and as they sprout, of course, then you fill in around them so that you've got long stems growing all the way up inside of that bucket. And at that point, then, when, they, when, the, when the flowers happen later on in the springtime, then you know that the potatoes are as done as they're going to get. Pretty fun stuff. Let's see. Um, num, 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 num. What do we got here? I don't know what that is. I have to look at it. I'll crawl up in the computer and see if I can see what it is. It looks to me like as far as how to plant them, how, how to get them to root, how to get them to plant. Good morning, Joe and Madison. I'm going to put them in a little bit of sand, like maybe three inches of sand or something that's very, very loose. Um, gravel with a little soil in it, sand with a little potting mix in it, a little, little growing mix in it, and, and root them that way. Probably, I w if I was doing this, I'd probably end up doing it in a bucket of some sort that just had a little bit of drainage in it because you want them to stay damp enough to root but not be so wet that they can't. It was great to see you as well, Joe, at the uh, Lakeland Lunch Bunch. We'll be doing that again. I look forward to telling you all about it. Um, Jeff's in Carrollton. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Is it too early to plant radishes? I'm going for it. I'm, I'm telling you, anything like that, radishes, beets, carrots, lettuce, all of our, what we consider to be the, the cool weather crops, wheat, certainly potatoes, 
we can plant those as long as we're you won't have to cover the potatoes uh, i mean if it if you're gonna have to cover the potatoes we're all in the soup so to speak because it would be so cold but the other things will need a cloche or a cover if you don't if you haven't already got one fashion that while you're planting it's real important all right that all sounds real good to me i gotta say we're getting some we're getting some food going this morning oh yeah speaking of food one of my fig trees has decided to grow sideways um the other one um it doesn't look like it's going to grow at all but i haven't it's too tall for me to go all the way to the tips and see whether they are actually alive the one that half of it froze the other part has leafed out but it is literally trying to lie down and there's not really any way to pull it back up so because i do like the figs on this particular tree or I should say this particular crawling plant now, um, I'm going to simply take one of my 4 by 4 wires that I use for a lot of things. I'll wrap them into a circle for a tomato cage. I'll use them to grow things on top of. And I'm going to literally put it underneath that, brace it so that it's underneath there. I don't want the fig leaves and fruit and all that to actually lie on the ground. And it's going to be pretty hard to mow under it. So I'm putting down cardboard and mulch and some wire for the whole thing to sort of lie on top of and then I can get in there and pull the weeds if I need to but I'm going to try and get one more fig crop while I'm rooting the other part that didn't die but looks really bad to see if I can get another tree isn't gardening fun don't we have more to do than anybody in the world my goodness you know it's true if you have not planted fruit trees and you want to we can talk about that if you want to talk about when to just leave your plants alone sometimes, and I'm talking house plants now, we can talk about that too, because this is Weekend Gardening. One voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. 
I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Are you getting stressed out trying to buy or sell in today's real estate market? Hi, I'm Adam Moore of Four Corner Properties. At Four Corner Properties, we take pride in making your buying and selling experience simple and stress-free. With the foundation of our company being built on faith, family, and friendship, you can put your trust in our team at Four Corner Properties. So whether you're looking for a new home or looking for that new hunting track, give me a call on my cell at 662-528-2581 or at the office at 601-952-2828. Sit back, relax, and let me do the work for you. In 1920, John Albritton Sr. opened Albritton's Jewelry in downtown Jackson. With an expertise in watchmaking from his time with the Illinois Central Railroad, John not only sold but serviced pocket and dress watches for his fellow Mississippians. Albritton's has maintained that tradition to this day, with two full-time watchmakers on staff that are capable of repairing all major watch brands. Albritton's also offers a vast collection of fine watches built to fit any lifestyle, from dress styles in gold and stainless steel to sporty selections in carbon fiber. Albritton's has the watch for you. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen All Britons as their fine watch store. Quality and value go hand in hand at All Britons, All Britons Jewelers. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. John in Tallahatchie's right this morning. It's too pretty. He's out. He's got to be out walking the cotton field this morning, he says. Uh, but that's a beautiful painting, John. As usual, you are, you just strike me. Every, every week when you show something that you've been working on, it's just beautiful. And I appreciate it more than I can even say. 
because it's that pretty, which is why I steal them and keep them in my computer sometimes. He's nice enough to let me do that, too. For those of you who've been asking such great vegetable questions already this morning, you're right. I always want you to grow something, a little something that you're going to eat, if not most of what you're going to eat. I have to say, I hear dire predictions about the future and all of these, and it's very worrisome. And I hear that people in the younger generations, of, uh, in my world, they're younger generations. For y'all, you're full grown, um, but but are, are more sad and are more worried and are more. I get that, but I don't know how to tell you this. It's always this way. <laughs> There's always something to worry about. Always. That's why every day of your life you have to think about kindness and family and love. Because that's the only ammunition that we have in our quiver that will, con- that will actually go against the negativity that comes out in the world. Pro- obviously, we want people to tell us the news. We want to know what's going on. But a lot of it is very, very sad. And today particularly is, has just struck me that... If we are not, if you're not getting up every morning and saying whatever you want to say, but you you can be saying thank God, you can be saying what a gorgeous day, you can be lighting candles for the universe. I don't care how you celebrate your life, but celebrate your life because you're here today and you're walking and you're breathing. That's what I want to put put forward to you today. And part of that, yep, in Garden Mama world, part of that's growing a little bit of something that you're going to eat. Partly because it gives you such great pleasure, but also because it feeds you. And if any of this news is true and things are going to be this bad, then we obviously need to have some more food in the backyard, right? All of that makes sense. Right now is the time to be thinking about it, whether you're doing like I'm doing today and planting beets or whether you're planning for next month or whether you say, I don't care about any of this. I'm just putting my tomatoes in in April. You know, okay, whatever, whatever your plan is, now's the time to think about it. Pick your pleasure. Vegetables and herbs will grow in a bed in the backyard. They'll grow in rows down the side of the garage. They'll grow in containers on the back porch, wherever there is some sun. You can grow them in formal beds. You can grow them in big pots. You can grow them in hay bales. I don't care. Just grow. That's the point. All of these things can work. You want to make sure that you see what you're doing. Now, I've told the story before about one of the first um, container crops that I grew after I got out of college was right outside the back window and it meant that every time you walked through the house you saw what needed to be done and it was a yikes experience because there was so much to be done but I still say put the plants where you can see them at least where you walk by them in the morning if your garden the only part of your sun is in the flower bed what used to be a flower bed in the front yard put some flowers in of course you know i want you to grow some flowers but i also want you to put some vegetables where that sun is good and where you are going to be able to see it if you do this you'll be less likely to ignore it and the neighbors will be less likely to talk about you it's important you got to meet their basic needs you have to put the food garden in at least six hours of sun that's it be prepared to provide water whether it's soaker hoses or drip or flood or whatever you got, but you've got to be able to do that because there are times in the growth of food that we really do want all that water there for the plant to use, perhaps to make or sometimes to ripen the fruit. Got to have a better soil than you probably have. So we can talk about how to make that, whether it's in the ground or in a container. And yet, in this particular case, size does matter. 
It really does. If you start with a small plot or a few containers, you can add. But if you go out and dill up, d- dig up half your backyard, it's really hard to go back and put the lawn in. Plus, you'll feel like you're, you know, you've, you've lost if you if you do. So give yourself enough to begin with that makes sense, but not so much that it overwhelms you. I will tell you that back in the day when everybody was putting a pond in their yard, the number one complaint that people had about their ponds was it wasn't big enough. So you might want to go just an inch bigger than you expect to want, but don't overwhelm yourself by size in terms of that particular process of putting in a new garden. You know, got to have some tools. I don't know what tools you want. I'm real strong on my trowel. I really like my um, cobra hoe, and I also really do like some other pieces of things. Whatever your equipment is that you like to use, get it and keep it. I need to sand mine. I need to. It's got rough edges, and I just cut myself yesterday on a splinter, so I got to do all of that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. On the text line, um, Doug's in West Point, and... (laughs) I always read the text before just to see who I'm talking to. (laughs) Let's talk robots one day, Doug, okay? Anyway, uh, what is turmeric? Turmeric is a a plant. It's, I don't think, considered an herb, except that it is an herbaceous plant. Um, You consider the, the, when you take the turmeric and process it, yes, you're using an herb for whatever you're using it for, maybe for food, maybe for medicinal purposes, whatever. It's also just a beautiful dye, by the way. makes the, everything just gorgeous orange. Um, but but it, it is classified, as far as I know, it is classified as an herbaceous perennial plant. That means it has a green stem and that it will grow from year to year in your garden. So it... it the the rest of the categories really do come down to what part of the plant you're talking about, which is pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Paula, that's beautiful. Monstera the constellation. Now, y'all, if y'all don't know about split leaf philodendron Monstera deliciosa, I don't care. That part doesn't matter. But you've all seen great big green leaves that develop holes in them as they grow and get taller and split open. That's this plant. But this one has green and white throughout the leaf. The pattern variegation is beautiful. I saw someone, um, actually, I don't do TikTok, but they were dancing on Instagram. I always think of TikTok as where people go to dance. But um, that's probably why I'm not there. But uh, on, on Instagram, there, there was a, someone just literally dancing with one of these leaves, and Paula has the whole plant. I want to go to Caledonia. Let's let's get me up there, y'all. Come on. <laughs> Beautiful, fun, fun, fun trip. Love it. Oh, my goodness. This is gorgeous. John has uh, daffodils, what, what my mother would call jonquils, the small small daffodil with the, that's solid yellow. And I don't know what else. I'll have to think about it. That could be ice capades. I don't know. Nice collection, though. Really pretty. Speaking of your tools, we always we always hear about this. You you see an animal digging a hole in your yard and you think, well, wonder what they're burying, and so you kind of know that they're using their hands for their tools. And then you tend to you, you might go and you might watch, you know, crows and, and other animals like that. You might be interested in seals and such that crack open their food with a rock. Okay, there's just all kind of ways that creatures use tools. 
But up until now, the only the only behavior that had that we are reporting on this morning, the only only critter that carries multiple tools because they know it's going to take multiple tools when they get there, ha- have always been chimpanzees. All right, we we th- th- this <laughs> y'all remember this one, the. Uh, the, the termite fishing uh, Guolongo triangle chimpanzees. This is one of those things that I wanted to tattoo on something because it's such a crazy phrase. Termite fishing Guolongo triangle chimpanzees. Okay. They're in the northern Congo is the point. And they were the creatures that we observed and have continued to observe using tool sets. And, yes, they do fish for termites. But what, what they have to do is they have to take a blunt stick, break a hole in the termite mound, and then they take something else that's a little like a little stick that's more flexible and reach in there to get the, the fish out, to fish out the termites, rather. Okay. Well, guess who else can do that? And we didn't know until we tested them, and it turns out, well, they're very good at it. Goffin's cockatoos. Now, for those of you who don't happen to know, these are small white parrots. They're beautiful. Um, the, 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 the Tanimbar Island Archipelago in Indonesia. I have seen pictures of these creatures with great love and affection passing between them and their, their people, okay? But I didn't know that they could fish for cashews. It turns out they're very, very fond of cashews, as am I, so that's another reason that this tickled me. They gave them a short pointy stick and a vertically halved plastic straw and put them with presented them with a box. They could see the cashews past the transparent paper membrane. And the cockatoos knew that they needed to pick up the big one and punch through, and then they needed to get in and wiggle around the smaller tool and get out the cashews. When they went to move the cockatoos the next day, they picked up their tools and brought them with them. Okay? Think they like cashews as much as I do. Hmm, interesting stuff. I really, really do like that. I'm, I'm, I think that we don't observe enough of this kind of stuff. We tend to... And we're very we're very good at this. We tend to count and quantify and figure out how life is for that creature, but we may not actually get deep enough into the minutia of what's going on. Um, for example, if the parrots don't live where there are cashews available, what else are they going to? Well, let's try it. <laughs> let's just see. <laughs> Somebody else is already working on another bit of conversation to have with the cockatoos about their favorites. You can bet. I'm not I'm not opposed to that at all. I'm really happy to tell you that there are a lot of things that we can do for our plants. But there are also a lot of times when we just kind of need to let them alone, let them grow. And with that in mind, please if you don't don't hear anything else that I say, remember that more plants in containers, that is to say house plants, porch plants, those vegetables out in the containers in the sun, more of them actually die from overwatering than from any other pest or from underwatering. That may sound crazy, but I have seen many, many times when the big container out in the yard that's growing the vegetables of some sort or another gets actually wetter than the rest of its environment. And especially in the spring garden, we have to be aware of that. That's why when I was talking about talking with Paula on the text line about planting potatoes, yes, you want drainage in the bottom of that barrel, but you also want it along the side going all the way around, maybe every few inches, okay? Because we have so much rain and can have so much rain and may indeed have so much rain that the whole thing can get overwhelmed. 
Um, so give yourself that opportunity to take a little bit better care of that space, whether it is even in your house, for example, what we tend to do is we'll put in water, we'll put in water, and the plants didn't still don't look too good, and we'll put in a little bit more water, and we don't realize that there's water sitting in the saucer already that the plant's having to try to take up. Well, you have basically just reversed your plumbing when you do that. So don't do that. Don't let the water sit in the saucer and water enough so that the water goes through the container and then can be removed from the saucer if it's not absorbed already by the, the potting mix. I think that's one of those things we don't necessarily know. We don't necessarily think about, I should say. Um, I, I promised a, a, a piece of, of, of Robotnik's. <laughs> that's a really good one. Anyway, um, Doug in West Point. How much are we going to pay these from Tempere University? We, these, these, these are the pollinators drones that, that I'm so excited about. But I don't know how we're going to, if they're going where no one else will go, if they're, for example, if you're growing tomatoes in a greenhouse, you have all the opportunity in the world to use various and sundry devices to wiggle the plant so that the pollen drops from the top of the plant down into the rest of the fruit, fruiting area, okay? Those are, those are things that we do. But what if we could literally send a drone in that would just fly through there and wiggle the whole thing? The individual wouldn't have to do that. But it was tiny enough that it wasn't disturbing the plants. What if we could actually equip these particular drones with the ability to extract pollen and to move it from place to place to pollinate other things that need to be manually pollinated? Well, that'd be pretty cool, and Tampere University is working on it. They have now developed, I love this, a passive flying robot that has artificial muscle. In other words, it can be directed and can be moved, but it, it does not, it's not going to go away on you. It's not, it's not going to leave you. It's only controlled by what you're, where you're putting it, so it's in a small thing. This is the light robots group that are researching how to make these smart materials fly. I love this. This one, um, because they just couldn't help themselves, they're calling it the Project Fairy. Flying Aero Robots Based on Light Responsive Materials Assembly. So those, these are the, the new fairies. They've developed a polymer assembly robot that flies by the wind and is controlled by the light. That's why it's a passive flying robot. I like that. But I don't know, Doug, how much we're going to pay them. We'll, have to just, we'll just have to figure that one out. I don't know. Answered all the Facebook questions already that for this week in Facebook. And I appreciate y'all joining me there from time to time. Stick around. we got a long way to go. This is Weekend Gardening. JumpstartTestPrep.com and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. Sold out. We got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. I'm in the green. 
listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now edge sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for edge sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. In life and in business, one thing is certain, change. That's why Pillium Corporation is ready to keep you ahead of the curve on ever-evolving technology, critical for your company's security and growth. To that end, the Pillium team offers IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems, and real-time crime center technology. Visit us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 864-3752. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at esisupply.net. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. Someone sent me a note, said that they had watched uh, supertalk.tv. I'll call it, I'll just say what it, I don't know how, what else it's referred to as, but it's supertalk.tv. And wonder if uh, I'm always surrounded by this much paper. 
The answer is, yes, you should see my desk at home. Also the walls. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm, I, I, I love my devices. I love to text. I love to be able to type on a computer. But there's still paper and pencils and pens, and I, I can't get away from that. Blake weighs in, in in favor of the pollinating drones. I'm, I'm certainly in favor of it myself. But I think we need to get... Not that I want us to stop nurturing our bees, I don't want us, but we need to grow a whole lot more food than we're growing, too. So we're going to have to have all of these pieces and parts, I think, to help it make sense. If you follow me on other social medias, you will see most every Friday evening I post up something about the program for today and encouraging people to listen and get involved. And yesterday I posted a picture of a fiddle leaf fig that has new growth on it. It, it is indeed one that I watch because it's in in the building here, and it, it's just one of my favorite plants. Well, I got a note in uh, in the social media. I think it was in Instagram, but anyway, I got a note saying that this person's was pretty like this, but it had thin stems. And um, what could he do about that? And the answer is, I wish they would do whatever that is to the same tree to the, to the tree here. The tree here that has such beautiful new growth, and this thing is taller than me. I couldn't even get up to the top to take a picture. It's about seven and a half feet tall. Um, it, I think what happens, it, 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 it has a beautiful branching. The stem goes up, and then it branches into these two big things. But they've got it supported because the stem itself is too weak for the size of the plant. So here's a theory. It isn't my theory, but I agree with it. In nature, plants like this have just enough stress to keep them getting a little bit thicker girth, they'll either have um, a, a, a dry spell or a perhaps even a bug or, you know, one thing or another. Even the wind, you know, can can push on something and it will grow some cells on one side to keep that, that plant upright. And in a perfect environment like the atrium where this particular fiddle leaf fig grows and like the way we put them in our houses – with really nothing to bother them, you know, except us maybe overwatering them, which we managed to try not to do, then they don't have any stress, so they don't get thicker. And it's not an, it's not a theory I can prove to you, but it does make sense when you think about it. If plants are not challenged at all, they just kind of go on and grow. There's plenty of light, there's plenty of water, there's plenty of fertilizer, but because it is not in a an environment where it has to be tough, it's not. So that's my answer to that one. Stacy asks a really good question. Stacy in Summit wants to know, what do I think about hybrid versus GMO vegetables? Is one thing better than the other in terms of you know good health and, and whatnot? This is really a subject that I spend more time than I probably should thinking about because I grew up with almost entirely open-pollinated vegetables. That is to say, you, you grow a plant, you get the flower, you get the fruit, you harvest that, you plant that seed, and it's the same thing as the plant you grew before. Well, then along came hybrids, because they're ones that have, where one plant has been literally crossed with another plant just like it, except that they're slightly different. There's some slight difference in them. And perhaps we get a taller plant or a thicker skin on the, 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 um, the tomato or the pepper, or perhaps we get a different little bit of flavor because we've hybridized these two things. We liked that because it was a slightly better vegetable in some cases and, and a little bit more interesting. But the truth about hybrids, of course, is that they don't come true. Um, they, they don't. They, if you're going to if you like that one and you know it's from a hybrid, 
then you need to propagate it vegetatively, take a cutting, take a root cutting, take a division, something like that, because the seeds are not necessarily going to be the plant that you just grew. They're going to be one of the parents, or in some cases, one of the parents' parents, and you get something really crazy. So seeds are, that's, that's the big difference between open pollinated and hybrid seeds. I like open pollinated because I can save the seeds and I can, can grow them forever. And there are some things that I like the taste of better in an open pollinated plant. For example, Sweet 100's cherry tomatoes are great. They have, gone, they have been in hybridization so long, like almost all of my life and, and probably yours, that they now come true from seed. So I'm happy to have that one simply because it's so delicious. I have another one that doesn't have a name, that the, the one that I call Carlos's Summer Tomato, that came from a garden in Louisiana that has the same quality. But it is not an heirloom or open pollinated plant. It just comes true from its seed. So there's some that I like the taste of that are hybrids, some that I like the taste of that are open pollinated. Those are, things, those are decisions that we just have to make and decide what we're going to keep and what we like to grow. Now we get to the the GMO, or genetically modified vegetables. If we're growing GMO, we're growing vegetables that have had a cell from something else inserted into their, their line. And we may be able to create things. We often, you know, we often hear about um, the ones that, that are less resistant to a fungus because they've been injected, they've been inserted with something that, that prevents that fungus from getting to the core of the plant. Or we hear that uh, because we needed them to grow in a, a hotter environment, we, we put in genes from another plant that would help with that. There's a whole lot of different, I'm being real simplistic here, because there are a lot of different genetic modifications that are made. I am not 100% against them, but I do know that, that I don't want to be the person that said never grow hybrids, because there were people that said never grow hybrids. I don't agree with that. I think we just have to maintain the open pollinated plants from which those hybrids came. And I think we also have to maintain the plant that was originally perhaps troublesome and thus the reason for the genetic modification. In terms of which ones are healthier, I think that goes to how you grow it more than what the seed is like or what the plant is like. And for me, it's all about being sustainable, being able to do this, create a a thrifty growth in that plant and being able to do that time after time after time. So those are the, the, to me, there's going to be some hybrids that are just going to taste better to me or to you because they were bred that way. But there's also plenty of others that are just done that way because they'll grow better. And therefore, we get the chance to decide which ones we like the taste of and grow that one. Okay. Genetic modification is slightly different, but I'm not going to tell you, as I probably once did around here, that it's all Franken food, yada, yada, yada. I don't really believe that. Okay, so that's the end of that answer, is that we keep everything, as long as we're maintaining everything, I don't have any problem with any sorts of seeds and plants that we decide to grow. You've got to go by, go by taste at that point. Now, oh, here's another one. Bill's in Parkinson. Um, hey, Bill. Oh, there, that's, oh, hey, Lisa. Thank you. Well, that was you. Oh, good. Instagram. We're talking about fiddle leaf figs again. See, that's one of those moments of coalescence that makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can Mike call us back? Is he going to get back in touch? Uh, he's up in the Delta. That reminds me to tell you, I don't like to say up because he's he's in the Delta. It's not up to, the, to them. Everybody says, I'm going up to Memphis. Well, no, you're just going to Memphis. It's okay. 
but it's an expression that we tend to use. I want to give you just a couple of dates right quick before this hour passes us by. March 11th at 1 p.m. after this program, I will be in Wesson at Buds and Blooms. If you've never been to Buds and Blooms, mark your calendar and get yourself down there for this day. It's a great garden center. Sweet, sweet people, and we're going to have a fun time. I'm going to talk about perennials that day. Another thing going on, though, and, and this is where I'm going to leave you for this particular hour, April 15th. That's right. All y'all that want me to come back to Greenwood Marketplace, I'm going to be there doing radio that morning. So where are we going to eat Friday night, y'all? Come on. Let's, have, let's get some ideas. <laughs> Stick around. we got a long way to go, and I hope you'll be with me for weekend gardening. something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy. Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Having any electrical problems? Lavalley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. Lavalley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. Lavalley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969 or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There was talk about a possible one-time tax rebate going into the 2023 legislative session. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman supports the idea and says it's still on the table. We have about 1.6, I checked yesterday, about 1.6 billion that is in our mm-hmm. capital expense fund. That's the money that we've saved. We we want to match the um, the remaining $40 million of our ARP match. Mm-hmm. 
you know, all the cities and counties have put up money in water and sewer, we agreed to match from our ARP money, and that has proved almost a billion dollars will go into that fund. There's about $400 million left in the American Rescue Plan funding. What, what we would do is put $80 million towards the hospitals, and, and then we would spend $40 million more on the uh, ac- actual m- matching what the water and sewer is being done all over this state. For more Mississippi news, log on to supertalk.fm. We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Please never use gas appliances for purposes which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes and never store flammable materials inside propane cylinders. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in protecting your home or business. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards. Plus, we offer free gas checks for our customers. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Concerns about China's push to buy U.S. farmland are growing. Representative Becky Curry authored legislation that would make it illegal to sell to foreign entities. Hundreds of thousands of acres of farmland have been sold. The Netherlands have about 300,000 acres, and they bought it for their retirement system, and their retirement system's doing fine. Ours is not doing great. But she says communist China is already here. One of the largest chicken companies, one of the largest grain companies have now been owned by communist China. Uh, That information will be coming out. And, you know, we have a mess on our hands. And so when they send all of their our food and grain to China, we're going to be hungry. There'll be a hearing on this this coming summer. Stay up to date with all the latest Mississippi news by signing up for our free newsletter at supertalk.fm forward slash newsletter. In Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Basketball action today finds Mississippi State at Ole Miss. As the Bulldogs and Rebels meet for the second time this year, Mississippi State won the first meeting back on January the 7th in Starkville, 64-54. Tip-off in the pavilion today is at 2.30. 2 o'clock is the airtime on the MSU and Ole Miss basketball networks today. Other action in the Southeastern Conference today finds South Carolina at LSU. Tennessee, who knocked off Alabama, is at Kentucky. Florida is at Arkansas. Texas A&M is at Missouri. Georgia is at Alabama. Auburn is at Vanderbilt. And the Southern Miss Golden Eagles take on Georgia Southern in the Reed Green Coliseum this afternoon. That'll be a 12 noon tip-off in the Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg with the Golden Eagles and Georgia Southern. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi, King's Daughters Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing it with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Vaught Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. Sold out. You want to go? 
we got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. College baseball got underway on Friday as the Ole Miss Rebels, defending national champions, took on Delaware and defeated the Blue Hens 11-2. Four home runs hit in the ballgame by the Rebels at three in the eighth inning. Mississippi State, the defending national champion from 2021, took on VMI in Starville and won that game 11-2. Pounded out 16 hits. Bryce Chance had a home run for the Bulldogs as they improved to 1-0. And the Rebels are 1-0. And the same teams, Ole Miss and Delaware and State and VMI, will play again today and tomorrow. And the Southern Miss Golden Eagles opened their 2023 season in Hattiesburg with a win over Liberty, beating the Flames by a score of 3 to nothing, and that series will continue today and on Sunday as well in Hattiesburg. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. My goodness, the text line, the phone line, the crazy social media stuff. Y'all are just really getting getting to me today. I appreciate that. Well, let's see. What do you think about planting carrots in a large hello dib? What do you think about planting carrots in a large clear plastic bin so I can see their progress? I planted first time last year in mixed clay and had no success. Well, um mixed clay is tough. The, the do 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 start with Chantonay carrots, which is a shorter carrot than than the ones that you might find in the grocery store. It's only about 4 to 5 inches long instead of 10 or 12. So that's easier to grow. But yeah, Sure. That's one of the experiments that people will do in, in, in science fairs and horticultures and stuff to, con, to compare the depth that the carrot can push. But you can certainly grow, make a nice sandy soil and put them in a clear plastic thing and grow them that way. Sure, as long as there's drainage in the bucket and you take care of them just like you would if they were not exposed. I don't, I don't envision any problem with there being light to the carrots once they're formed. In other words, I'm going to leave it dark around the thing while they're growing and take it off every week and look at it and see how it's doing and then when they actually get fully formed you could certainly take it off and be pretty but they do need some dark the, the carrot seed itself does not lead, need darkness to germinate but the carrot itself does need a, a, a dark soil to grow in but you do see people do that sort of a demonstration of how deep the carrot can press its roots so sure I'd try it why not sounds good to me Let's see. Um, okay, that's a wait. He's going to call us. Okay, good. Talking about so many things. I, I love conversations with y'all. Um, I'm not. I'm not a person who. I shouldn't say that. 
I'm not I'm not the most verbal person in the world when it comes to if you see me on the street I'll certainly say hello I'll certainly make on eye contact but if it's cold or hot I'm probably not going to slow down too long to talk okay that's I'm not I'm not that particularly I'm not that good of a conversationalist I am however that good at understanding how important it is okay in person is better than online or a phone call but we now have understanding based in science from the University of Kansas that tells us just one quality conversation. Notice the word quality. You know, there's quality and there's quantity. Quality's quality, quantity's how many and how long. You know, talk to me for an hour. Just good conversation with a friend during the day will make you happier and less stressed by the end of the day. It's true. University of Kansas says so. I already knew that. And I do understand, again, this business about people who are spending most of their lives alone because they got used to that during the pandemic. People who are not, therefore, as conversational as they would be may not even have anybody to talk to. All right? When we go about our, our workaday world, there's people that like the cashier at the at the grocery store that will chat for a moment. There are other people that feel like that's a waste of their time, and they're going to go to the auto scan anyway. One of the reasons I go where the line is and, and talk to the person is because it's a person. They have a job there. Their job is to get this done and probably to make a little bit of conversation at the same time. <laughs> so they, they're having to do that. This is um, – I love this – I've never heard of anybody with this title. University of Kansas Professor of Communication Studies, that's in capital letters, and Friendship Expert, that's not in capital letters. How do you get to be a Friendship Expert? I don't know. Anyway, this has been published in Communication Research, and they said this is to define quality communication in the context of the relationships. In other words, this is not just where you go to the bank and ask for a loan. Not that that's not a quality relationship. It certainly is. But this is with people that you would see, you would see regularly. We, we, see, we have friends. We have family. We, we actually have familiar strangers in our life. Do you know about familiar strangers? They're the people that you see every day on your way about town or your way about work or you're, you know, you're driving through the community. And it would be weird if they weren't there. That's how you know that's a familiar stranger. It, it might be that person that you like to speak to in the grocery store at, that works there. It might be the person that you see walking when you're walking your dog, they're walking their dog, maybe in opposite directions. You know, It's not like you hook up and go together. But th- those are the sorts of things that we're talking about here in terms of the context of relationships. The types of communications they studied were catching up, how you been, how's mom and them, that stuff. Meaningful talk, I'm not sure what that is, because meaningful to me might not be meaningful to you, but okay, we'll go there. Joking around, again, it's a matter of what's a joke, but yes, we'd like a little bit of levity in our conversations. We would also like a little bit of showing some care. I heard about your dog. I'm sorry that that you're having a problem there. Um, Is there anything I could do to help? You know, those kinds of things. And guess what? Listening. Because that other person's looking for a conversation, too. And they need somebody that will listen to them as surely as you need someone who will listen to you. Valuing other people and their opinions goes directly to listening and engaging in the conversation. That's important. They measured that. 
And I like this one. This is kind of right up there with meaningful talk. Are you telling? Are you trying to tell me that if I'm gossiping, it's not meaningful talk? Of course, it's meaningful to me. I don't need to be talking about nuclear science, but I can if you want to. But this one that I, that's also got me kind of going is offering sincere compliments. This is not to be confused with joking around. This is not that quality. This is, you look like you're doing well today. I'm glad to see you. That's a sincere compliment. You can also say, you look more gorgeous today than yesterday. But then that person maybe like me says, oh, Lord, what was wrong yesterday? <laughs> What did I do wrong? So they had 900 people that were willing to participate from five different university campuses. And interestingly enough, the other reason I thought this study was worth bringing to you is because there was before, during, and after pandemic lockdowns. And so that gave them the opportunity to distill what's really, really important. And it all comes down to that one quality conversation with a friend each day. Now, We've known that. We know that if we are not, uh, not, not having one conversation that is completely apart and separate from work or school or certainly, you know, the, the, the dreary stuff that we all have to do every day, if we're having one conversation beyond that each day, we're, we're good. This might be the study that I need to take. I don't even know if they still do this. But there was a time when it was difficult to get certain middle schoolers to maintain a decorum during lunch, like eat their food and go on back to class. There was a whole lot of hoo-ha, as I like to call it, which is to say not meaningful conversation, <laughs> too much joking around, all of these things. You, know, you can take all this to the extent. So they, they declared silent lunch hour. And it's only 20 minutes, so I don't, anyway. But, but they had to be silent. They had to go in there and be silent and, and eat their lunch and get out. Well, I just thought this was terrible at the time until one of the teachers pointed out to me that it's also important that people learn how to be quiet. <laughs> I didn't think that the lunch table was the place for that, but maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. any rate, I think this would, this would be something I can discuss with them. People and living better, that's all part of our fun that we have here on Weekend Gardening, quite frankly, because, you know, Nobody else is going to talk about this, and luckily, I'm for me, y'all are interested in the same things I'm interested in, which is plants and flowers, people, relationships, how we do stuff, how we don't do stuff, and some of what's currently happening in both our own gardens as well as the gardens of study that go around the world and other people bring us advice from. For example, I don't have a gloxinia right now, and I bet you don't either, but you may have an amaryllis, or you may have some other bulbs that were brought in to, to bloom indoors in December and January, maybe even for, for Valentine's Day. I've seen plenty of pots of daffodils for that. Gloxinias particularly, but amaryllis and some of these others as well, do need to rest just a little bit. In the case of gloxinias and amaryllis, if you rest the bulbs, after they finish blooming and their leaves turn brown, you just turn the pot on its side so you don't forget and water it. You don't want to water these for a little while. You want them to rest. And if you will do that and let all those leaves fall off, it's actually at that point time to start all over again. 
So you begin, you may repot it if it's been crowded, but you may also just begin watering and fertilizing again. And that's really what makes that plant such a joy to have in the house. You can keep it in the house. It'll be blooming. You get another one, and it's blooming, but one of them's going to go out of bloom. You can rest it, and the next thing you know, you've got gloxinias or amaryllis blooming all the time for months. It's really, really fun. I like, um, I found the things that you, you put away and you forget about. I found a whole bunch of really little shallow pots. Now, they're plastic. They're not big enough for bonsai, but I think they might make nif- really nifty little succulent pots. So I'm thinking about that as something that would be a nice gift in coming down the way. If you're trying to give someone plants and you honestly want to be able to tell them, ignore these, put this container of succulents in your bright, sunny window. Don't water it except when you think you forgot to. In other words, it's a few weeks. And the next thing you know, you, they will actually be growing. And if they're stretching, if there's not enough light, or if they begin to get a little damp looking, it's because there's not a there's there's probably too much water. They'll get soft areas that you didn't want in that particular succulent. But that's another really really good one. Um, nice to to see about. I'm going to make a wild guess that uh, Mike in Greenville left his mother-in-law's tongues outside during the freeze, and they have now collapsed. Can he cut them back? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. You you may be cutting them back to encourage new leaves to come from the bottom. So when you b- reach into that container, if there's if there's a whole lot of stems, you'll want to make sure that they're all still well rooted because some of them may have come undone, so to speak. And then you'll need to put those into another container. But yes, things like mothers and mother-in-law's tongues are pretty tough. Pretty yeah, tough. and the name is tough. I mean, a mother-in-law's tongue. I had to read the other about name that for the little. plant is snake plant. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, that's why I was like, that's now, a, that's a these mean are the name. Ones, the, I collect these. I collect these. I, I am a mother-in-law, and I, I hope to be the most gracious and wonderful one ever invented. But you never know about these things. So I'm, I'm happy to tell you that collecting these has been one of my great joys over the last year or so. Um, Started a collection, then sort of slowed it down, but I've now started again this this last year. The old St. George's Sword, that's right up another there. name. Right is up there. Right? Are they yep. all the same? No. Are they going to yellow, green, yellow? Is that no. The, no, they change up and have different There's some patterns. that are solid green. You could barely tell there's any color, other color in them. There are some that are tall and spiky like the tongue. There's some that are rosettes. And, in fact, if the rosettes become rosettes on rosettes, you get these beautiful three-dimensional kind of sculpture things in the container because they're all standing on each other's edges. Um, there's ones that have perfectly round stems, round leaves, rather. There's ones that have conventional leaves that are waxy, heavy, and hard. Some have yellow edges. Some have white edges. Some have no edges like that. Some have a lot of white markings in them. Some have no white markings in them. Some, I mean, there's just a world of things in this particular Sansevieria group of plants that are that are recommend them to you to to grow. Um, fun, fun, fun. Easy, 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 easy. And I, I like them. I'm. There are other names for them, but um, for me, mother-in-law's tongue has always. Perhaps because I grew up in the era of the old song, Mother-in-Law, you know, which I can't sing, but you all know what that is as soon as I say that. It it never occurred to me that I would have a mother-in-law that I didn't like, and fortunately, I have not. But I recognize that other people have a different reaction, so that's why I put my tongue firmly in my cheek and call them mother-in-laws. Now, 
You want to call them snake plants? Well, it kind of goes along if you take this brand new research from the University of Queensland and put it with the mother-in-law's tongue and the snake plant, there, there might be a correlation here. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the experience where you didn't realize that your mother-in-law or somebody like that, but your, in my case, your mother-in-law was in the doorway and you were talking about her? I hope you haven't had that experience. I did. She laughed. It was funny. And what I had said was not too awful. So we, we didn't have a problem with it. But it turns out that just as, just as we know that, you know, if, if you're a snake and you, somebody walks up on you and you scoot because you felt that the ground vibrate, guess what? They can also hear noises in the air. Uh-huh. That's right. Snakes hear better than you thought. Yikes! What do you mean they did? Yeah, that's right. Now, you would think that would keep them away from us because they'd hear us coming and go away. Doesn't always work like that. They don't have external ears. Don't worry. We haven't found a new body part on snakes. But the research using um, <laughs> free-moving snakes, I didn't really realize there were any other sorts, but, but these are not anesthetized. These were not put into any sort of state to measure their ability to hear. What they were measured, though, um, I, I, lo- I just love this. They, they used 19 snakes of five genetic families, a big bunch, and they played both ground vibrations and then two air air sounds. Sounds only in the air, not in the ground. Only the Woma python tended to move towards the sound, which tells you something about pythons, doesn't it? But the tapons, the brown snakes, and others, even especially the death adder that they were very curious about, all moved away from the, the sound. Isn't that interesting? Obviously, at some point, they had to learn how to hear in order to survive. And the thought is that because... The Woma pythons are big, big, big nocturnal snakes. They had to be able to not only feel the vibrations, but also hear the noise in order to survive. Woo-wee. It's also true that the, the tapons, so the other snakes, were more likely to be grabbed up by a, a predator flying in on them. And so they had to have more sensitive as well. Pretty interesting stuff snakes good grief who knew i was going to talk about that today well i did but i didn't know if i would a- actually get to it Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the phone number here and of course the c spire text line is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five if you are kind enough to be in the facebook group that's lovely. I appreciate you. Um, if you would like to support my work more directly, please go to patreon.com slash gardenmama and see what you can do. See what's going on there that you like. Look at a few things. We've got some important dates coming up for you and some other things that you need to know about your garden. But, of course, your phone calls and your texts are the best conversation to be had. So stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. 
but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. 800-826-9895. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here from Experience Believe Me. You need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Save up to 80% when you file with TaxLayer. Start for free.
Yes, for those of you who thought you knew every piece of music I could possibly bring in, Lance and I have been working very hard. We've got at least a few new ones, and today that's the, the first of them. You can leave it under me, and I'll just talk over it, because the whole thing sounds really good. They'll like it. Nobody's heard this in a while, and they're going, what is that? What is that? What is that? Is anybody going to sing? What is that? What is that? <laughs> I'll get all the emails later in the text. Need okay. some trivia. Get them to see um, if they can figure uh, it out. I have nothing to give away, so I can't. Uh, I can't do a trivia thing. But yes, that is Steve Winwood's "Glad," and it's one of my very favorite tunes of all time. I'm very glad about this. Astronomers have uncovered a one in ten billion binary star system. You know how rare that makes us. We are, you know, we're we're, we're the one star type. This is binary stars. This is crazy. The Association for Universities for so un, Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy, or known as ARA. I've talked to you about these folks before. This is, of course, part of the observatory in Chile. Their, their work is is done under that group. This is so crazy. Pu- they're published in Nature. This is not something that you can say is not real. It, that's a real publication, a real journal, one that doesn't happen. You don't get it unless it's real. And it's, it's so many times peer-reviewed that it's just crazy. This is what they think. This is a phenomenally rare type of binary star system, one that has all the right conditions to eventually trigger something that I did not know existed. A kilonova. Mm-hmm, that's right. This is an explosion created by colliding neutron stars that produces <laughs> gold. Mm-hmm, that's right. That's right. Now, come on. You know this is exciting. This is so interesting. It is so rare to find this. Only about 10 such systems are thought to exist in the entire Milky Way galaxy. Now, come on. You can talk about that at dinner tonight, and somebody will go, what? And you can say again, this is so cool. This is Aura Research. And this is, in fact, just in, this is, this is 11,000 light years from Earth. And indeed, we are, we are looking at an incredible, as the end of life happens, a new thing to us. They knew it because they, they already saw them before. Kilonovas. I like that. I need that. Very, very close to my heart. Lovely orchid. And Ellie's question is, should I cut the stem off now that the flowers have finished? She said they were little little yellow orchids. Yes. And I asked her, I'll bet it is Dancing Lady. I like Dancing Lady because it is just so distinct. And it is little tiny yellow flowers on a long stem. And it, it blooms for months. And yes, when the flowers finally finish, you should take the stem off. Bill's in Perkinston. Has a not too good looking uh, <laughs> rosemary. Oh, yeah, I'm going to cut off the parts that are dead. Now, I am going to cut it slowly. I'm going to cut and see if the stem is brown. Cut another couple of inches, see if the stem is brown. Cut another couple of inches. But it's probably going to be brown because it's in a container and it's outside in the weather that we have had. Even in Perkinson, it was cold enough to seriously damage, if not kill, rosemary. Um, I've heard from several people that, in fact, yeah, lots of dead rosemary, surprisingly, where other things did not croak. What about blueberries and deer? And this this is uh, from Austin and Clinton. He says, uh, we planted blueberries last year, and now they're all smaller than when we planted them from the, the deer nipping at them and maybe the weather. We're so disappointed. Is there any hope? Of course there's hope. If they're not dead, if they're only nipped at the top and you're still seeing green leaves and strong stems, they're going to grow. 
but you're going to discover fencing pretty quickly, if not around the entire area. Probably that what I'm talking about the the four by four welded wire stuff, and you make rings that you can get it as long as you want. You can get cattle fencing too, but go around stuff and just make an area where the deer would have to actually jump over six feet in to get to get in, or would have to make other. They'll, they'll usually find somewhere else to go because there's plenty of material in Clinton for them to eat. <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. I've been with them, but no, don't don't be disappointed. Don't. It, it is. It's disappointing that they that it happened. But don't give up. Don't feel like that they're not going to make it, because they probably will. Um, Ellie Ellie says she purchased it at at Lakeland during the indoor plant sale. Yep, you'll be able to keep it healthy, no problem. No problem. That probably was that one. I love that flower. Um, I really like orchids anyway. I don't grow that many of them, but I I appreciate them, and I love how they grow, because they're interesting. Now... I really didn't know I was going to dip over into this, but I want to tell you all a couple of things about dates, and then I actually want to talk about the Hubble. It's not not like I haven't talked about the R, and now we're going to talk about the Hubble. March the 4th, mark your calendars. Get yourselves together and know that I would be there if I possibly could. March the 4th is the Brookhaven Camellia Show. This is not usually in March. It's because we had such cold weather. They're going to, people are going to be showing later camellias in many cases, and I think it's a wonderful time for them to, to do this. It's going to be in um, all day long, the 70th show. The 70th. Can you imagine? There's, I mean, there'll be some camellias that are not quite that old, but almost. But it's a wonderful, wonderful group. I've, I've been to their show before and had such a good time. I also want to tell you that my friend Mary Mizell will be there Selling camellias. If you haven't been to a sale where Mary Mizell has her camellias, I don't care if you don't even like camellias. I hope you do, and I hope you'll buy three. But even if you don't, to hear someone with her enthusiasm and to see the beautiful plants that that will be brought by her and her family, you just need to, you need to be there. Brookhaven on March the fourth. Now, uh, March the eleventh, I will be at Buds and Blooms in Wesson. Okay, one week after the the camellia show, so we can just stay down in that part of the state if we would like to, <laughs> and then uh, then one more time, March 11th at Buds and Blooms at 1 p.m. That's me. Then April 15th, all day me radio Greenwood Marketplace. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do these for you because I don't know if I do this often enough. Every time, before they invented FOMO, fear of missing out, we had that. Because we would have people say, I didn't know you were going to be at thus and so. And it's like, gosh, I was talking about it for a month. Maybe I better talk about it some more. So everybody get there. Come and come and join me. And, yes, I already have restaurant recommendations for Friday night. <laughs> so, hmm, we'll have to see. There may be some driving involved. Let's see. All right. Um <laughs> <laughs> what a Jeffson Carrollton. This is a great question. What's a good container, fruit, or vegetable to get very impatient grandkids interesting interested in to plant, take care of, and reap the harvest? You know, there's a lot of choices. It kind of depends on what they like to eat in the first place. And I'm going to start three pots so that they have a diversity of interest. Even if they're not interested in one, they'll be interested in another. Um one of them I'm not going to plant yet. One of them I'm going to fill with soil and say, you have to wait. You have to wait. You have to wait. And that's where as soon as there's a squash plant available, I'm going to get a squash plant. But I'm not going to tell them it's a squash plant. 
because kids will tell you they don't like squash. They don't know they they don't know that they really like it, but but just don't do that. So that's pot number one. Pot number two, we're going to put something in that is going to grow so tall and so fast that they can't help but watch, and that's either going to be a string, uh, I mean a, a, a bamboo trellis, you know, three part triangular trellis of beans in that container, or it's going to be corn in that container. Okay, now. The third container, that's another one that you're not going to plant today, but you can help them. You can start now with them picking out the pots and making the soil and getting them interested in in what's going to happen because you're holding something out. I'm not just going to just show this to you. I'm going to hold it out so you have to come and be curious about it, okay? And the third one's going to be, what do you like to eat? And if one of them says, I like to eat, I don't like like anything green, Okay, then plant purple potatoes today, okay? You see what I'm saying? Plant something today. For me, it would be potatoes or English peas. Any of those things would be great right now. One container that you're not going to plant for another month at least, and one in the middle that's going to grow something very tall. So those three containers, I think, will get, you, will get them interested and keep them interested over time. And I have about a thousand other ideas for getting kids interested in gardening if you want to. I'm not going to go on today, but I I have done it. I've enjoyed it, and I have to say, excuse me, I raised at least two gardeners, so that's good news. Well, 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 the Hubble Space Telescope. You know, the Hubble Hubble has not gotten as much love here recently because we have, well, fancier, shall we say, telescopes, but the Hubble is still out there percolating around, even though it shouldn't be. And what they have just done now is to measure the mass of a lone white dwarf. That's the, the one that, that's the, the core. After the sun burns out, that's what's left is the white dwarf. And measuring that mass tells us a whole lot about the mass of the rest of the solar system, doesn't it? If we can understand what something is like after it goes through its complete life there, and we have that left to measure, then we've got a measure that we wouldn't have had before. Researchers found that this particular white dwarf is about half the mass of our sun. That indeed um, agrees with other, what were considered theoretical predictions, that is to say mathematical projections, about that, that white dwarf's mass. And it also, frankly, goes along with all of our other theories and confirms them about what happens to a white dwarf. So this is one thing that the Hubble found that has answered two questions we didn't have before, and indeed... It's a unique observation. You know, you know, we English horticulture major people have a lot of trouble with words sometimes. And if you want to start me down the path to telling you more about words than you want to know, just use expressions like very unique or sort of unique or any of those. Unique is either unique or it's not. Okay? Unique means only one. That's all I have to say. Now, I will tell you that the Hubble's information is really just delightful. They, they measure it in Baltimore. This, uh, the lead author is from the University of Cambridge. It's published in Monthly Notices of the Royal Astronomical Society. And yes, for those of you who think that those things don't exist anymore, they really do. Um, there's still people, frankly, worrying about all that stuff all the time and meeting monthly to discuss it. Now, good grief if that wasn't enough. 
Hubble is earning its kibble this week. NASA's Goddard Space Center is letting us know that we, 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 we don't know as much about the stars as we would like. That's why there's a whole field of astronomy, all right? But we do know that there are some wanderers. There are some stars that just don't seem to be associated with anything else. They're just out there on their own wandering around. And sometimes they're known they're thought of as lost souls because they do emit kind of a well ghostly light a haze you know it's not there it's not quite doesn't look three-dimensional doesn't even when we get up close it doesn't well close relative term but they're not tied by gravity to anything else all right well how cool is that well it's troublesome for astronomers because they tend to be science science oriented control freaks and i say that with all my control freakism literally on my shoulder. Okay, I'm, it's not that I'm I'm not putting it down. I know about it. The nagging question has always been, how'd they get so scattered? How'd they get there in the first place has always been the question. Lots of theories. They, they were stripped out of a cluster's galaxies by something else. They were tossed around after galaxies merged, or they were present in an early form of the cluster billions of years ago. A new infrared survey from the Hubble telescope looked into this intracluster light, this this ghostly pall, this strange kind of odd view that we are not really sure why it's there. Well, the Hubble, of course, let us look a lot closer than we ever had. This is really a sad story. And if you think about all of the mythology that human beings have ever had and how there's always a wanderer. There's always someone disconnected. There's always figures that are not tied to anything. I think we knew this as human beings, even if we didn't know it in the, the, in the cl- classic sense of knowing something. What they did was to study 10 galaxy clusters as far away as nearly 10 billion, 10 billion light years. And in fact, they looked at it, and what they were able to find is that, the, indeed, it goes. it's time-sensitive. One of the things that we always talk about around here is that no matter what I say or you say on this broadcast, it goes out into, this, into space and goes infinitely. So there's somebody out there somewhere that can actually tune in, you know. Well, I don't know. But down the way, we would hope so anyway. It turns out that this light is incredibly relative to the total light in the cluster remaining constant. And if it does, then these are one sort, and if it doesn't, they're another sort. But it's billions of years old. How'd they get to stay there? Well, we don't know. I don't know. We, we, they don't know, but we can now find how old it is, which is a start, right? Of course it's a start. Now, I have to say good morning to all our friends in the Tupelo Honey World. How y'all doing? This is Weekend Gardening. Every week. Call 1-800. 
Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife, Jenny, about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Ours is a two-story doghouse, and on the bright side, it's a great alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Well, my daddy always said, put your best foot forward. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> of comfort. With the current market and economic volatility and all the chaos in Washington, if you're feeling anxious about your investments, tune into Super Talk Jackson 97.3 on Sundays from 830 to 930 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. 
fun. For those of you who have never heard of Bonnie and Delaney, you have work to do. Fun, fun, good music. Oh, the stories we could tell. Fingers Taylor. Anyway, look it up. <laughs> hey, listen now. I've got a couple of things that I really hope you will do this week as the weather improves. Um, if you haven't cut back that buddleia, that, that, that butterfly bush, it's so hard to know when to cut them back, but most of them have frozen in Zone 8. You may not have that problem in Zone 9, but in Zone 8 and further north, they, they don't look too good. Do the scratch test, but go a little deeper in them when you do prune. Don't just cut off the dead part, because this is actually the time to cut them back so they can push out new growth, which is where they bloom which is why they're not blooming in usually May. They bloom more like July or even a little bit later, depending on the size and the, the type of butterfly bush that you have. But in a year like this, they can recover and will, but make sure that you're cutting them a little, you know, cut off the dead part, but cut them a little deeper anyway, just like you would in another year. Vitex is the same way. I, uh, well, I just need a lift. The, the Vitex needs to be pruned more than I'm... A lot of these things are going to need to be pruned much more than I can get to. It's going to be interesting. You may hear about that woman in Fondren, Mississippi, Fondren, Jackson, Mississippi, swinging from the roof trying to prune stuff that's over her head. But at the same time, I will be very carefully anchored to something on the ground because I'm not foolish. But if I, if I tell you the truth, the Vitex may get pruned harder. Because I may prune it with the loppers to the point where me and the loppers can reach. There's definitely a lot of dead growth on the top, just frozen, and I want it to re-stimulate anyway. It's time for that. It, it was pruned year before last in that way, and it turned out beautifully. But last year I didn't get around to it, so it was too tall and ended up blooming. You know how you, you put things in the garden and you want something to be blooming in the foreground and something else to be blooming halfway back and something else up close to the house? Well, this one got too tall and bloomed in front of everything else. So it's not really as little design as it had in it because I'm not very good at that. But as much as it had, the plants took over. And so if we can have a little bit of death, that will probably be good. But my goodness, I, I, the magnolia that I have, the, the the seedling magnolia that is now a tree 20 years later, didn't even, nothing, not even a blink at all that weather. So that's good news. That's very good news. This is good news, too. Um, we've got something better than DEET coming along. You remember me talking about, a few years ago, the, the rush, the the effort that we were trying to get to, and indeed there are some things that are that they're working on that are more quote-unquote natural source, but what they're looking for in this particular study from the American Chemical Society is trying to find safer alternatives, nicer smell, for example, longer protection. Um, if I were putting on here, it would be that, that after I put on DEET and I go out and work up a sweat that I don't swoon because I get lightheaded from the stuff I've learned a long time ago. Don't do that. Um, I wear the bands of other products on my ankles and on my wrists when I have to be out in the bugs. Otherwise, I just try not to be out there when the worst of them early morning, late afternoon. Those are the disease carriers, you know, and I try I do try to avoid them. But the the ability of DEET to hide you from a mosquito is good, but insects do adapt, and it does have to be reapplied often, more often now than it used to because the mosquitoes are getting used to it, in my opinion. And frankly, it does stink. That is true. 
that kind of tells you that you've got it, which is helpful but not particularly romantic, as we would say. So they've been looking for some options that would replace it or change it. And what they've done is to take um, terpenoids into other things. I'm I'm sorry, don't let me go down that road. They took two other things, and they've made one new thing. (laughs) I'll leave it that way. I can give you the details if you're interested in all of this. But what they have really been working on, of course, is attempting to get rid of the mosquitoes that carry diseases, and like Picardin, Picardin, which is what I wear on my ankles and my at my elbows in, in, in bands, there's a lot of protection for a lot longer, um, and, and that's one of the things that I have recommended to you in the past. So I'm glad to know that the American Chemical Society is working on an even better product that will not smell and keep the mosquitoes away. Or it'll smell to the mosquito, I'm sure, but it won't smell to me, which is all that I care about, let's face it. (laughs) Now, I could tell you, but I won't, um, how Rice University is deeply into this. You might imagine that mosquitoes in Texas, being the size of tractors, they kind of have to do something. And if if you don't want to do this, you don't want to know about this particular tropical medicine study. They have been studying mosquito feeding Instead of using live volunteers, which is the good news, yes, people used to get paid to go in and get bitten by mosquitoes. We don't do that anymore. Now we have automated cameras, AI, and yeah, 3D printed synthetic skin that, yes, in fact, it does have blood in it. So we have to have a few blood donations or they're not interested, the mosquitoes, I mean. Publishing in Frontiers in Bioengineering and Biotech. Live subject testing can be expensive, they said. I'll bet year after year it gets more and more expensive. So they worked on a, a a skin substitute that they can print in the printer. And I'm sorry for the people who are no longer getting paid to be bitten by mosquitoes, but it's really better for you that you don't. So find another way to make a few bucks, all you students. For If you have never grown up around or lived around um, a, a place with a lot of medical testing, you don't realize how many people there are that will take anything for money. And I'll just leave it at that. It's, it's, it, it's, I'm so glad. And at the same time, wow, some of the things we learn are not things we wanted to know, are they? Didn't get to the acro bats today. I have to talk about this. Um, the, did you know that there are nectar-eating bats that can hover like hummingbirds? That's probably enough. You'll go look them up if you're interested. But Dartmouth College is studying them. They have long whiskers. And that, in fact helps them understand where they are and keeps them from running into the flower that they're trying to pollinate or hover next to. Pretty fun. Pretty, pretty fun. I like that. Um, Dartmouth College does a lot of work like this, and indeed they worked at the Smithsonian Tropical Research Center, which is a fun place to work. No question about that. My thanks for Larry and Papa D weighing in here at the last moment. I I always appreciate hearing from y'all. I hope y'all have a great week out there. Now, the last piece I need to tell you about, and I'm tickled by this. I don't know near enough about Mary, Queen of Scots. Let's face it. But secret coded letters that she wrote, you'd think that'd be kind of private by now, huh? She was in prison. Yeah, her cousin Queen Elizabeth the first did in fact imprison her there. But International code breakers have now gone for them. I'll bet you 
we're going to see a movie. The contents were believed to have been lost, but a computer scientist and cryptographer got together with a pianist and a music professor and yet another person who is a physics and patent expert. You'd think we'd taken every discipline that there is to put this work together? Well, they, they discovered that Mary was the author only after they were decoding this stuff because, you know, they decode old stuff. They found the National Library of, of France's Bibliothèque, the Bibliothèque de la France. But that's what is in here. We don't know what this means. Let's look and see. OK, they did. And afterwards, they figured out it was Mary because her system of cipher was that distinctive. Not going to say it was unique, but it was that distinctive. 57 letters dating between 1578 and 1584, right before she was beheaded. Hmm, I'm telling you, there's a volume to be read out here, and we're going to read it very soon on Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us, from the roof over your head to the food on your table. We are small town, but big moments, your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let Two Men and a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.